The Talking Point with Kathy Mosasana. Weekdays, 9 a.m. till midday. Well, a pleasure for me then to welcome into studio our guest for uh, this next conversation. She is the president of the Johannesburg Chamber of Commerce and Industry, recently uh, elected to that position after serving as its vice president for a number of years, Constance Mashaba. Good morning, Ms. Mashaba. Thank you so much for coming into studio today. Good morning, Kathy. Good morning. Thank you for having me today. And when I was saying to Kanye, when you say Constance, I think, who is she talking to? Because <laughs> you mostly go by Connie, I right? mostly go by Connie, so it's easier if you say Connie. Okay. Yes, yes. No, th- Thank that's, you. Th- th- that's not a problem Thank at you. all. Mm. Um, Happy Women's Month, firstly. Thank you to you too. Thank you. I, I must say, and uh, I'll share and, and be honest with our listeners. So when she walked in, right, um, guys, this woman is just... She is gorgeous. You are stunning. You're turning 62 later on this year. You look 42. If by any stretch of the imagination, you look 42. What, what does it take to still be uh, exuding youthful exuberance at, at this tender age of yours? I, I think, first of all, I can just say thank you to my almighty. The genes have worked. I look after myself. I exercise. Mm. I try to eat well and I'm busy. Yeah. I think the business that's that's what keeping me busy. You know, so I don't have time to just not do anything. So perhaps that's what keeps me the way I am. You know, I'm very active person. I'm everywhere. That's my problem. I imagine that's the kind of energy that you want to bring as president of the um, Johannesburg Chamber of Commerce and Industry. I was saying earlier, you know, we are living in the city of gold, um, as Johannesburg has been coined. But the reality is there are so many challenges that face businesses, that face the residents of of the city. And really, organizations like yours can play a crucial role in in being a voice um, for these business entities. Absolutely. You know, um, I was brought into um, JCCI about a year and a half ago, and I thought I was going to be the patron or the council member. And two weeks later, they said, can you please be our vice president? And I have been, and it's been quite interesting. JCCI has been there since 1890. So you can imagine it's a very, very old organization. Mm. And how do we keep it going? How do we become relevant to the current situation. When it started many years ago, it had different challenges, but now the biggest challenge I think all of us know right now is power for our business people. Um, The road infrastructure is just a challenge for our business people. One of the challenges that we also have is the processes that municipalities do for our business. When they ask for licenses, or they, they, they apply for um, the development um, of you know the construction companies, it takes a long time. So we are here as JCCI to see how we can lobby municipalities and say, can you make it easier for our businesses so that they can do what they know best, mm-hmm. which is trading, instead of having the queue at the municipalities waiting for whatever that they're waiting for. Mm-hmm. So that is that is what really um, I really want to promote this year. I haven't gotten a instruction yet from the council, but I already know because I've been there for 
almost a year. So I know what are some of the challenges that our business people are having. Often when you speak to those that run small businesses that also own small businesses, their voice seems to be marginalized. They don't feel that they're actually taken seriously or that they're given enough of a say in trying to have these very practical issues that you've just highlighted dealt with. So if it's load shedding and ESCOM, they just have to deal with it, right? Make a plan or face closure. And so it becomes the business's problem. The infrastructure, it becomes the business's problem. To me, it seems like there is a culture problem around how businesses are treated and the relationship that actually exists between municipalities and and businesses, not so much seeing themselves as partners and stakeholders in a broader, you know, environment and and ecosystem that can benefit both. I think that's, uh, you hit the nail on the the head. Um, If we can look at each other, business, government, and civil society, we are one. You know, we can't, you know, do anything without the other one. We need municipalities, we need government to give us that conducive environment, the road and all the other stuff. And business must focus on what they know best. And obviously civil servants will have to buy from the business and also get Mm -hmm. the services from government. But I think one of the, uh, my, my wish is to really look at, especially municipal, you know, um, Uh, the government um, uh, employees to really have that entrepreneurial spirit when they deal with a business person they must just you know um, just say to themselves I want to make sure that this person doesn't take a long time to get what where they want when we have a query of some sort of electricity for business if you close if you stop you know, uh, giving us electricity. They must know that those two days or whatever, that few hours that I don't have electricity, I'm losing business. Mm. So we need everyone, I mean, this is my view or my wish, that we can all have that entrepreneurial spirit. If you have that, I promise you things will work because you will know that if you don't offer that service, you're creating a bottleneck for someone else. As a businesswoman, of course, you know firsthand the difficulties of building up a business and and building it up from from the ground from literally nothing talk to me about the experience that that you've gleaned over the years and your own journey so we had um, we started the our business uh, black like me 37 years ago so I who think. is we um <laughs> The Mashaba family. (laughs) So we started the business 37 years ago. And I promise you, when we started, we were not allowed to operate in the so-called South Africa then. We had to operate in the homelands, which was Buputazwana. We didn't have the telephone infrastructure. We didn't have the roads. We just had a factory, 200 square meter factory. But I guess you. I guess what happens when you are really determined, determined, and and I and I urge our prospective and even the current SMEs just be determined. If you are determined, you'll get it, no matter what, no matter what. So for six months, we had a Samsung phone in the car that we were operating with. Mm-hmm. It was outside in the car, and each time the phone rang, I would run to the car to answer the phone if we needed to. So you can imagine 
what that does to you as a business person. You can't really sit and really plan because you don't have all this infrastructure. So obviously for now, I think things have changed. Things are much better. Um, you know, the last few years. But I think now because of, I think power is the most critical one. Mm. I see a lot of businesses, especially with COVID, with the power, they've gone down. And, and, and you see it with our memberships. Um, and, and members, they have really gone down. It's because business have closed because of the power. They don't have, um, I mean, I have a problem with my beautician. Each time I make an appointment, she says, can you come at whatever time? And that time doesn't suit me, mm -hmm. but it doesn't suit her because of power. So these are the challenges that you are having now. We have different challenges, but we can overcome them if we work together with the municipality, with government. And one area that I really feel that it's, it's really critical, I'm not saying we have to apportion the power to others, but you do find some manufacturing companies that are not supposed to be stopping. Once you start the line, you need to make sure that you finish the line. Otherwise, in the, there are interruptions in, in between. How do we make sure that they, we give them power? 27, whatever, until they finish the, the manufacturing line. And the others, we can get it. So I know it's a bit of a challenge. How do you lobby? How do you advocate for those kind of businesses that have furnaces that cannot stop? But at the same time, how do you take away that power from a small business person who has a, a shop that when the customers come, they can't see in the shop and they can't afford the diesel, they can't afford the inverters? Um, so it is, it is a question to situation for us as JCCI to say, what do we do? Who do we lobby for? Mm. We, we have to lobby for everyone. Mm. Yes. I think that there are probably a lot of people that will come to you as business owners in the midst of the challenges that they face today and would want your advice around how do they overcome these challenges as business people again? Because you, of course, have experience in building what is a really strong and, and formidable business. Mm. I think for me, one of the challenges, especially right now, is when you, you've got to invest in your business. Don't look at what your investment as an expense. Look at as investment. Sometimes for, you know, they say um, SMEs, you know, if they start their business between five and seven years, they go down. But I think for me, it's just that determination. Just just go out there. You don't have to make millions immediately. Mm -hmm. I always say, let's start with rents, 10 rents, 1,000 and whatever. Sometimes we want to be millionaires in a, in a short space of time. And in that process, we miss out other steps. So it's important that you look at all the other steps. I have, a, I have a pie chart that I use. I always say you need to have, you know, if you have to bake a, a, a pie, you need all those ingredients. One ingredient for me is that conducive environment. It, it, that you must avoid that uh, bureaucratic red tape. And funding. Sometimes we don't start the business because we don't have funding. Mm -hmm. we can, you can start small. And, and do it. So I'm saying to our small business uh, people, even, even big business that are struggling, just hang in there. If you see that you cannot pass the two months, cut on some things that you don't need. Um, if you have 10 staff members, 
release the other five and say, when things are get, getting better, we will call you back. And that's what we do in some of our businesses. Mm. Sometimes businesses are not, you know, bed of roses. They are months when or the years when it's bad. But what we do, we say, okay, you, so and so and so and so, please stay home for some time. When we get better, we call you up. And that's what we've been doing all the time. There does seem to be a, a morose, um, you know, when, when, when we look at the morale in the country, um, especially around business people, small and medium enterprises, there's a lot of loss of hope, a lot of disillusionment with where things are. You know, in fact, we have um, some business owners that, that will call us and they'll tell, tell us about just how tough things have been, but the fact that they... They're ready to throw in the towel. It just is not worth it for them anymore. It's no longer vi viable. Because of this lack of support that you're talking about, um, primarily from a funding perspective, where even if the business has been viable due to load shedding and other problems, they're just not meeting you know, their the monthly uh, requirements. Yeah. They are unable to break even. There's no support, and they feel that the only option is, is, is to close doors, is to shut shop. Yeah. How do you help those people stay the course? Um, and, and, and I wonder what, what it is that, that you say and you do with, with your own membership um, at, 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 at the Chamber of Commerce and Industry. So um, business is business. And I think, um, I think also it depends on what business you are in. There are times, Kathy, where you do have to throw a towel so that you save yourself, you save the little monies that you have. I mean, that, that is given. I, I've had to um, close one business. It was so tough, but I had, we had lost money. And you look at the six months and you say, do, you, do we think we can make it where you can't even pay staff members? So I think there are times when you just have to throw a towel and start all over again. However, one of the challenges that we have, that is why at JCCI we do have some events where we have networking sessions, we have business information. Sometimes when you are alone there, we are so scared to ask other people or to tell other people what we are going through. I think it's important, I always say it's important sometimes as a business person to be vulnerable. I must come to you and say, Kathy, you know what? I am in this business, cosmetics, let's say, and things are tough. During COVID, we were not, people were saying we are not buying enough lipsticks. So if you're not buying lipsticks because you are wearing your mask, what else can you do? Okay, then I'll say, okay, just focus on your brows. Focus on your eyeliners, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So sometimes it's important as business people to get these networks, to ask questions where you find it's difficult. And then someone can just say to you, Connie, you know what? This is how I've done this before. That's how we learn. Mm -hmm. Individually, we can get there. Mm -hmm. But together, we can get there. So we at JCCI, we have this platform. We have events every month where we invite business, small pro prospective business people, and we talk and we, you get advice. We link you, let's say you link a small one to the bigger one. And in that way, they know what, what would be the challenges. And I think for me, vulnerability, it's okay. Mm. 
if you think that I am stupid in what I, the question I'm asking is your problem. As, as, as long as I have come out, I had the courage to come and ask you and say, how do I do one, two, and three? It's important. Because sometimes, let's say the, the business that, that I lost, that we lost as, as a family, um, I, didn't, I didn't understand the business. It was in the media. I've never been in media. But I didn't ask. I thought I knew business. And that's where we went wrong. Mm-hmm. So sometimes ask. And then um, you can continue or you can just have plan B. There's nothing wrong in dropping one and going on to the other one. We're in conversation with Konima Shaba. She is the president of the Johannesburg Chamber of Commerce and Industry. We'll continue uh, this conversation in a moment. I think I'll also be able to take uh, one or two callers on just this conversation on 086-000-2032. It's 11.30. Time for your latest news headlines. You're listening to Kathy Mosasana on the Station of the Year. Our guest this hour is Koni Mashaba, who's also uh, the recently elected president of the Johannesburg Chamber of Commerce and Industry. We were talking about the challenges that are facing small businesses, particularly in the city of um, Johannesburg, and what it is that their organization is going to be doing to try and ensure that the voices of these businesses are represented, but also the lobbying that needs to take place. So, Connie. You know, in in the last sort of 10 years or or maybe even longer, there's been a push in this country for for entrepreneurship, right? You go to the Department of Small Business, you go to the presidency, everybody's talking about entrepreneurship. We need small businesses because every small business Mm. hires 10 people. And if we can just get those 10 people in jobs, um, it will have a multiplier effect. We can deal with the unemployment in the country. You then have these entities that are there to give funding, to give support. I don't know. I don't even think that there's a shortage of places to go where people are empowered with tools to to enable them to become better entrepreneurs. I don't know, however, that that is translating into necessarily having better entrepreneurs or or having better business people. What is the problem? that we're confronting? Why is it that despite the efforts, despite the resources that are being put into developing entrepreneurs, we are not seeing that, um, at least not at the scale um, that, 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 that we should be? In, instead, what we see, we see tenderpreneurs, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't really say that that's the kind of entrepreneurship that, 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 that you know, that, that at least th- that we should be uh, pushing for. You are, you are so right. Um, there is a lot of hype. There's a lot of talk about entrepreneurship. However, we don't see it translating into what we want to see now. And I think perhaps um, one of the challenges that we've had was this tenderpreneurs, because tenderpreneurs is more instant gratification more than anything, because sometimes you don't even have to have an office. You just get an order and you tell someone to deliver, and then we call each other business people. I think people must understand that entrepreneurship, it's not a, an easy process. You have to, they call it begazella, you know, when it's tough. You know, those are the things that we need to go through. One has to be really passionate about what they do. 
one has to be creative about what you want to do. Think about your customers. You know, there's a lot of characteristics of an entrepreneur. There are questions that kept keep on being asked whether an entrepreneur is born or is made. I just don't care about that. I think it's up to the individual. You might come from, um, I didn't know that I was an entrepreneur until I realized where I come from, that my parents were entrepreneurs. But at the time, we didn't know. I think the problem with what we have right now is also the fact that we do have all those institutions, financial institutions that are there. But I don't think the people who are sitting in those institutions are themselves entrepreneurs. Mm. You see, you need to match um, people from outside and the people who are sitting in those positions. Sometimes when I apply for funding, you sitting at the other side, you don't hear, you don't understand my passion. Call me mm-hmm. and, and interview me and see how passionate I am. And sometimes we tend to think, oh, no, that one doesn't work, won't work, that one won't work. I think we, the matching of the entrepreneur's um, perspective and the financial institutions, it's not working right now. Mm-hmm. But also, I still feel that as as entrepreneurs, you don't have to always go for funding, necessarily. I I happened to speak to a young man last week, and I hope he's he's listening, and I'll just give an example of what he was asking me for. Um, He has a four-hectare land where he wants to, you know, farm. And, And, but he's been looking for funding for a long time. So I said, why don't you start with 200 square meters? You know, sometimes we need to start small and scale up. Um, start with 200 square meters, build, I mean, uh, plant your cabbage, spinach, and whatever you, access to market, to shop right checkers, to pick and pay, and whatever you, once they give you that order, then you scale, you scale. Sometimes we want the impossible mm. as entrepreneurs. We are there, but we're not thinking of small and scaling. I think that's, what, that's where sometimes we go wrong. We want to start big, and starting big is going to take a long time to start big. Opportunities are there. And I think for me, government has to be really intentional about it, not just speak, but action. We have factories everywhere that, we, that, that are abandoned, that are not being used. F- offer tax incentives for these entrepreneurs. I say, you know what, Connie, you can go into this office, I mean this factory, for five years or whatever, for two two years. You don't have to pay rent mm. as long as you can produce because you know that when Connie starts, we'll start with four or five people. That's how big business is not going to change the situation of unemployment in the country, but only small business can do that. Mm. So we have to be intentional of creating these opportunities and stop buying from outside the countries things that we can do here. Let's just buy the things that we can't do. I mean... Why must we buy masks from China when we can make masks here? It's easy. But unfortunately, we are saying, our business people are saying, it takes time to set up a factory. Nothing is easy. Take that two, whatever, two months or three months. But you know, once you start, you start. So let's get all the stuff that can be done in the country. It must be intentional. We must protect South African entrepreneurs. And then the things that we can do, then we can get them from other countries. I mean, right. can you imagine us getting T-shirts from China when we have so many seamstresses 
that we can just put in factories and say, do it, and then we will give you the tax incentives. All right. Mike, you're calling us from Middleburg. Good morning. Morning, Kate and your guest. Thanks for taking my call. Mm. Yeah. Uh, politics aside, you know, Katie, your your guest is quite inspirational, and uh, I cannot agree more with her when she says the personnel at these, uh, you know, finance institutions uh, are not uh, suitable to be there. Uh, that is why you really cannot have a case in hand to say this is the evidence of a number of young people or people who have been assisted, you know, through this financial assistance. It, it, it is not happening. And uh, I I suspect it's because it is not decentralized enough. The other time I suggested to Lindy Wesulu, I think she was uh, in that department at some stage, I suggested that uh, it must come down to municipalities. Mm. And, uh, yes, they must try to reach out to people as much as they possibly can. And it is so difficult. You know, since I left politics for private sector, it's been a baptism of fire. I've seen it, I've experienced it, and uh, it looks like uh, the status quo will remain until something very drastic is done. Really, it cannot be said that the uh, Begazella is difficult, you know, because people are really in dire straits. The situation is so desperate out there. If nothing drastic is done, and then yeah, there shall never be a change. We shall only celebrate people like Kony, and uh, but we want to celebrate more people, you know, who mm-hmm. go all out and achieve. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, Mike. Mike, yes. thanks. Thanks for that view. You know, and, you. and 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 Mike said uh, politics aside, but. Right now, you probably have had the opportunity of seeing and having to understand what Mm. happens at local government, perhaps Mm. in in a way that you wouldn't have before, Mm -hmm. uh, particularly because your husband is the former mayor of Johannesburg Mm. and the, you know, you're, you're sort of thrown in the mix, whether you like it or not, by, Mm. by virtue of, of that proximity. What is that, what is that understanding? done for you even in in terms of the work that you are representing and and trying to pursue for 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 small and medium businesses i think sometimes knowledge is a bit of a challenge Mm. it's important to know but the more you know the more you really want to get out there and help where possible i think um you know mike is right that we should bring this uh financial institutions to the municipality level because as a municipality you probably know what are the challenges that you have have that office i know that they had a, they've got an office of um you know entrepreneurs where they advise um and and make sure that the people in the in in, in the area can do whatever that they need to do i think from the politics side which i don't really mm-hmm. understand that much not understand, I just don't want to get into that. It's important that you don't, when you come up with a program, the program must be sustainable. Don't just give me the job for the sake of giving me the job so that I can I can be employed. Yes, it's important to give that, um, what, what you call it, the bridge, you mm-hmm. know, for a certain period. But we need to also, you know, Kathy, I don't think any person would like to be given things for free every day. You want your dignity. You want a job. You want to do something for your family. And I think that's where even us at JCCI are saying, even if you're not already an entrepreneur or a business person, 
come to us. We will teach you so that when the time is right, you can do it. And I just want to give you something that when we started our business many, many years ago, we never got money from financial institutions. We got money from a business, two business um, you know, men who believed in what we, what we, uh, we, we stood for. And we got a loan for 30,000 rand in 1985. Mm. And at that time, the interest rate of the country was 21%. Sure. And the loan came with additional interest rate of 10%. So we literally paid 31% interest rate. However, why did we go for that? It's because we believed in what we wanted to offer. So that's why I say it's not a question of begazella. It's a question of just determination and say, I'm going to do it. If I have to go to Konima Shaba and ask for 10,000 rent for me to buy the seeds for my, for my, my, um, my farm, I guess you, you know, we will do that. We are there as people, as business leaders. Sometimes just come to us. And I'm not saying, please come to us now. But I'm just saying, come mm -hmm. to us. Sometimes you don't have to look at the institution. As I say, you get your application, it sits on the desk. But if what Mike is saying, if it sits on the desk in the economic development of the MEC, can you imagine what will happen if it sits here in the municipality? And we have a relationship with the municipality. What are we doing right now as GCCI, we are training some of the um, prospective entrepreneurs or prospective business people coming referred by the city. So you can see already there is that relationship that we are building. Mm. But we are saying it's not enough. How do we reach out? You know, because our people, sometimes they feel hopeless. Please do not feel hopeless. We have so much to do. This country has so many opportunities. And especially, especially with the, we've got a women desk. Women, come, you know. It can be, you can be doing doyles, you can be doing whatever, but just get up and do something. All right. Yeah. Yanush, you're in Cape Town. Very briefly for me, Yanush, good morning. Hi, good morning. Uh, good morning, Katie. Good morning, Mrs. Mashaba. Uh, you mentioned about uh, Mrs. Mashaba. I've got, I've got a privilege being a man, but actually, I say so. I, have, I saw her pictures and she looks gorgeous. I, and I'm sure that she will do very well in her position. But my point is, my point is that we know that government institution, none of them is profitable. We can only rely on the profitability on the, on the private sector. And even now, the private sector is, is, you know, in trouble because the government is creating the laws which they, they tell us, telling us who and who we should employ. It's not right. It's not right, I think, because as a, as a small private contractor, I not, cannot be forced. To, to, from the outside to, to tell me that I have to uh, employ this and that regarding the color. My point is that the people should be employed on the on the quality of yes. work, education, and the knowledge. But my also point is that what what's her opinion about the 30 percent allocation to the local our local people? I don't think it should be forced on the on the companies. Thank you. All right, Yanush, uh, thanks for that. Have you had ex experience with that from your members? So um, some of these so-called forums sometimes that are uh, claiming to represent the interests of certain groups in a community who bring construction to a standstill or who bring projects to a standstill uh, demanding a cut 
in that project? I think that is totally, totally wrong. And it's really dis- dis- discouraging business people to really do what they need to do. I think from government point of view, government should not be involved in business. It must just create that conducive environment for business. Business must do what they know best. And I think, um, you know, part of BEE, we can't do anything at the moment. It's government legislation in terms of who needs to have uh, business with. But I think these uh, mafias, that uh, construction mafias, I think they need to be dealt with. Government must be really serious about that because it is um, disempowering the people that have to do the business. I mean, construction has stopped literally in the country because of those mafia um, um, people that are demanding. How do you demand 30% when the people have not even started the construction. Mm-hmm. So that that that's definitely is a problem. However, we do have challenges in um, uh, JCCI. I always tell the, our small businesses because we have um, international trade. We work with um, ambas- embassies. So they would bring the people from different countries to here. Like last week, we hosted uh, a financial business from Turkey. And we always ask them that we are... Fif- uh, Uh, 51% BEE, they don't understand that. However, they know that it's the rule of the business of the country that when you come and invest in the country, you need to invest with someone within the country. So that they understand. However, they were saying, when I come and invest, if I put my 49%, can you put your 51%? I think that's what they are asking for. Mm. And I think it's possible. And in that way, you, you, you link you know, the international business with the local business. And that's how we're going to um, survive. Unfortunately, it is the country's regulation right now that you have to have a BEE if you come come here. All right. We're going to have to leave it there. Unfortunately, I'm completely out of time, so I can't interrogate any of what has been said further, but I'm sure we'll be hearing a lot more from Connie Mashaba, who is the president of the Johannesburg Chamber of Commerce and Industry, as she takes up this new role um, as the president of this particular organization. All right, we've come to the end of the show. Thank, Thank you, you so much for coming into Thank studio. You having me. It's it a lovely. Thank <laughs> it, you. It's a pleasure. All the best. We've Thank come you. to the end of the program for today. Up next is the book reading.